Welcome back to Body Talk with Bex. This week, we are interviewing one of my dear friends, Dana, actually from back up in Seattle. And she had a lot of symptoms going on for the longest time and was finally diagnosed with Lyme disease. And today, we're going to sit down and talk to her about her experience with getting diagnosed and what her treatment plan looks like. So let's jump right in. to start with like what your symptoms were and what you were feeling like before you went to a doctor because I know it took you a long time before going to a doctor and then I think you mentioned also that like you were feeling you think that this like happened when you were a kid and it just has taken this long to kind of figure out what was going on yeah totally yeah, I mean, growing up, I, I grew up in upstate New York in the middle of nowhere in the woods. We had horses and like a ton of land. So I was just literally running around like naked in the woods <laughs> <laughs> without a care in the world. Um, and I mean, I was a healthy kid for sure. But now learning a lot of symptoms, I'm kind of putting things together like I would pass out a lot as a kid. Oh, yeah, faint. And I always thought it was because of something like specific, but it was happening here and there, like more than normal for sure. And um, yeah, in high school, I actually passed out in class. <laughs> and that's when I went to a doctor for that. And he did like a ton of tests and what I couldn't figure anything out and said, it must be hormonal. Let's put you on birth control, <laughs> which right. makes me cringe and is so typical. But yeah, I mean, I had gastro issues growing up a bit. Like I would say it started in high school and skin issues. One time I went to the doctor, they said it was like a fungal overgrowth on my skin, which is classic with Lyme having fungal mm -hmm. issues. And yeah, just little things that I'm kind of realizing could be symptoms of Lyme, but obviously I didn't put any of it together until after being diagnosed. And then, yeah, about like maybe seven years ago, I started experiencing more and more gastro issues and I was getting migraines and more skin issues and did a lot of my own research and realized I needed to start seeing like different doctors. And I mean, it took up until two years ago to get diagnosed finally. So it's been a long road. <laughs> yeah. A long road for sure. And I mean, you were at the height of your symptoms, like in school, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, compared to now I look back at feeling pretty functional in school. I was going to school full-time for photography and working part-time and then spending all my extra time in the studio and doing projects and stuff. 
So compared to now, that seems great, (laughs) but I would definitely have days where I would have to skip class or I would get migraines and just thought it was like eye strain from looking at the computer overdoing it. Yeah. And then it wasn't until after school when I was working a bunch, I was having like intense stomach pain, but I just kept pushing through and didn't think anything of it. I mean, I did think a lot of it. I was going to a lot of doctors, but I was pushing through. Yeah. And that's when I started seeing like all different gastros to get different opinions. I even went to urgent care. I was still seeing my naturopath. And that's when I finally got diagnosed, just once it hit kind of emergency level pain. Right. What? So you would say it was the the stomach pains that really kind of prompted you to figure it out once and for all. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was in agony and I, I mean, I was going to doctors through school. I was, I mean, so busy. I, it was hard to go regularly and I was kind of putting it on the back burner, but I knew something was wrong with my stomach. And then during finals, my first year, I had like this inflammation episode where I went to another doctor and they tested me for like rheumatoid arthritis. And that was the first I had experienced any kind of joint pain or body pain really. And it was just, I think, because I was under a lot of stress and not taking care of myself as well as I could be. So yeah, Lyme wasn't even on my radar because I only really had gastro pain and migraines. I didn't have any joint pain up until recently, actually. But yeah, the gastro stuff was what set everything off, all the alarm bells. Yeah. And and so once you were diagnosed with Lyme, do you recall ever like figuring out when you would have contracted it? I honestly have no idea. It's a mystery. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) a lot of people don't experience like the classic bullseye rash with the tick bite. I never have even seen a tick to this day. (laughs) So, I mean, I know they were around in New York, but yeah, I, I can't, think back to a specific instance, I also found out that mosquitoes can carry Lyme. So (laughs) I've always been attacked by mosquitoes. (laughs) Like they like me so much more than other people around me. It's crazy. So I'm thinking that (laughs) (laughs) it's the worst this summer. Yeah. So that could have been a way I got it. I really don't know. And it's not like I had an onset of symptoms or anything either. So And I mean, if it was, you know, a slow onset of symptoms since you were a kid, it may also just be so long ago. And like when you're a kid, you're not really paying attention to that kind of stuff. You're just romping around and playing. So maybe you just didn't notice when it happened, too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was super active and always outside and no cares. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But I know that it was probably a while ago. Cause yeah. Thinking back to little symptoms here and there and just how it's progressed in my body. I think it's been in there for a while. A long time. Yeah. And so what kind of treatments were doctors wanting to do once you were diagnosed? 
Um, well, it's kind of crazy. I have only seen, well, had only seen one doctor who basically diagnosed me and she was a Lyme literate doctor and she had her own protocols and she was a functional doctor. So it was a little, it was a mix of like natural and pharmaceutical, I believe, but she really wanted me to get my gastro issues under control and get a little more stable to be able to take on the treatment. So I was just busy seeing gastro doctors like crazy and doing my own research and yeah, listening to tons of podcasts and getting other people's experiences and the route that they went. And it sounds like most people were just doing years and years of antibiotics and not having a lot of success. Like it seemed pretty bleak when I first started this journey. And I think it's interesting that they wanted you to get your stomach problems under control and then put you on tons of antibiotics because antibiotics are so hard on, on that system specifically. Yeah. I, I mean, I had no desire to go on antibiotics. That's why I was doing so much research. Like, can I justify this? Because I've, I mean, I've been going nuts studying all things gastro related for the past like six or seven, probably longer years, just to understand gut health and repairing my gut. Cause I knew that was a priority. And I also attributed my gut issues to being on antibiotics when I was younger, cause I was kind of always sick with like sinus infections and bronchitis and different things. So I already knew antibiotics were not good for the digestive tract and the human body unless it's an emergency. So yeah, that wasn't a way I wanted to go. Yeah. And we haven't even touched yet on, but I know this was such a huge part for a while. Everything with that house that you lived in. Yeah. Want to touch on that a little bit. Yes, definitely. Cause it was something that was not on my radar and kind of goes hand in hand with chronic illness, actually mold, uh, especially in the Pacific Northwest, everything's so damp mold is rampant, but yeah, I moved into this beautiful old house. I think it was built in like 1928 or something. And I loved it. I had like the best time there. (laughs) It was my salvation during the pandemic, everything. It was great. But through my healing journey and kind of understanding what's going on in the body with Lyme and things that can contribute to going downhill and and really struggling, I found out there was a massive amount of mold in that house. I did a ERMI test, which shows like all the different strains of mold and the levels. And it was not good. (laughs) It was horrible. Yeah. Like the, the safe range is, I mean, like under 15 basically and it was at like a 32 or 34 (laughs) yeah there was water damage in there and I mean it had like old windows that would open out 
so yeah. And it was crazy. I realized after that, I mean, I, I like intuitively really did think there was something with the air quality or the vents or something. I just had a feeling that there was an issue there even before I tested, which was crazy. And as soon as I moved in there, I mean, I had like a really rough move in and then I just kind of never recovered and kind of just went downhill from there and felt horrible. So yeah, it all, it all made sense at that point. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess that kind of brings us to the treatment that you wound up deciding to go for Mm -hmm. and kind of the process of getting out of that house and starting the journey that you're on right now. Yes. Well, yes, moving out of that house was <laughs> hugely necessary. I got rid of all of my things because mold can live in anything like porous or fabric or anything like that. Um, super hard to get out of your belongings and can infect other spaces. And with Lyme, your detox pathways are functioning at 100%. So mold can actually toxify the body. So I've been doing mold binders to pull that out and detoxing really intensely. Got rid of all of my things in the hope to get on the right path with healing. Moved out, moved back to New York for a little while, back to Seattle in a safe space. You mind me injecting here? Um, Did you notice a difference once you were out of the house and had gotten rid of your stuff, did you notice anything different? Um, yes and no. I mean, I think since it was already in my body, I was still really struggling and the damage was kind of done. (laughs) And recently just with other research I've been doing, I, just realized maybe I could have even had mold in the house I was growing up in, which is crazy. Um, And the, the next people that lived in there experienced mold and had to move out. So yeah, I think I was compromised for a bit, but, um, yeah, it's crazy. Like after removing myself from it, then when I would go in that house, I would notice it and my belongings that I tried to sterilize and like, salvage I I would notice like when I was around them I would get like itchy and even when I would completely forget about it um I would be like why is my skin itching and then I'm like oh my gosh it's this or yeah so I think once I got out of it I really noticed it and now I'm ultra sensitive to mold like I can tell when I'm in a space that's moldy um like breathing is different. I get a headache, brain fog, all the symptoms. Um, so yeah, yeah, (laughs) definitely feel it. Yeah. I remember you complaining about being itchy. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Like when I come in contact with it, I feel it where it touches me, but then like on the back of my hairline, I feel it or like my face. It's so weird. It's very specific. (laughs) And yeah, the brain fog and all that just intensifies. Yeah. So, and then I know from there, um, 
you did find a treatment that you wanted to try. Yes. That too, I mean, had a long process before you could even start it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about that at all. Yeah. So I decided to go down the ultra natural route and rely on nature and do bee venom therapy, which is super nuts to a lot of people. But after all the research I did and just seeing a lot of really sad stories and unsuccessful treatments, it just seemed like the only option because the science behind bee venom therapy is just so impressive and it actually eradicates Lyme from the body. Whereas a lot of stuff just makes Lyme go dormant and makes it manageable. So yeah, I, I just jumped (laughs) with both feet into this process. I had to prepare my body a ton lower histamines, get inflammation down, get a lot of blood work. I did all of this through Heal Hive, which I'm forever grateful for kind of showing me the way. Well, yeah, it was about a year of preparation and finding out other autoimmune issues and gastro issues and doing all the tests and due diligence to kind of figure out risk factors and prep my body to be as strong as it could be to withstand BBT and then uh, got cleared to sting safely and learned the whole process and how to administer it myself, which is nice. <laughs> and yeah, I started in August and it's amazing. It's yeah. And it took you a long time to get ready for it. I mean, I remember you were on a strict diet. Oh yeah. We're tired all the time. I remember that. Yeah, that comes with Lyme. Yeah, I know that I know that comes with Lyme, but I just remember it was a long, a long process. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot of hard work. I mean, last year I was just that was all I was doing. Like luckily with the pandemic, things kind of slowed down and gave me a chance to really think about what's important, which is my health and just go a hundred percent into healing and figuring out what's going on. And yeah, my whole lifestyle changed, everything changed, diet, exercise. I mean, I just became so focused and getting my health back. Like that's the only thing I could do in this situation. And yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of upkeep. It's a lot of detoxing. And I think as my symptoms got worse, it's just a lot of management and like, what does my body need today? What, what do I have to do to feel better? Like everything else is on hold until I can like think straight and function and move. So yeah, it's been like a full-time job, but I definitely... I'm starting to feel like I'm making progress and hopefully we'll get my life back. (laughs) Yeah. And that was something that I wanted to hear about, you know, like how has Lyme affected your life? I mean, it affects work, you know, it affects being able to see your friends. It, I mean, we've talked about, you know, you had to change your diet, your exercise. I mean, it, it affects so much. It affects really every aspect of your life. And. Oh yeah. It's all. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it's something I've really been struggling with kind of emotionally, like how it has affected my life. And like, I don't want to identify as a sick person because I've always been very physically and mentally capable and independent. And I think kind of processing where I stand in the world now, like kind of suffering and, and going through these ups and downs and understanding that I do need to share and ask for help which is really hard for me. Um, <laughs> for most of us, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's awful being vulnerable and showing weakness in a way, you know, and then finding the balance of like, that's not all I am. Like I am on a mission and things will get better and I'm not just going to sit in this and be sick, a sick person forever. Like I think something great will come out of it and is coming out of it. But yeah, it's crazy with Lyme. I mean, it is such a complex illness that the symptoms range and change and affect everyone differently and affect me differently day to day. I mean, some days I feel amazing and I can be out and see my friends and do so much and be fully functioning. And then some days I'm like in a dark room, barely able to follow the plot of like a movie or a TV show or talk on the phone or respond to an email, like it affects every aspect of life and it's crazy. Like the ups and downs are a lot. So yeah, it's all encompassing. Yeah. So, well, why don't you tell us about your first time stinging? Because I remember that was such that was just an entertaining story for me <laughs> to listen to because you went to New York and there was this whole thing that you had like ordered bees to start stinging with. And yes. it was like a whole thing. It was a whole thing. <laughs> yes. It was a lot. I know thinking back, I guess it does <laughs> for an entertaining story. It was not entertaining at the time, but no, I'm like, the whole time I'm like, I know there's a reason like that something is coming out of this that is better than how awful this feels right now. <laughs> but yeah, I finally got okay to sting through Heal Hive because there's a lot of different checkpoints and stuff in blood work that has to be at the right levels and mold and all of the things. So, you know, lots of blood work was done. Lots of work on my end was done. And then I got okay to sting right before I had to go back to New York for a little bit. So it was all very time sensitive too, because I was getting walked through on the process of stinging through Zoom. So I had to have my bees and, <laughs> and that was the day. And then if I didn't do it that day, I wouldn't be able to do it for a couple months. So yeah, I ordered my bees. I think like 50 of them came and I wasn't going to sting in New York. I just needed to get the testing out of the way. So I had arranged with another girl on Heel Hive to take the rest of my bees and... Everything was great. 
And I was stressed if the bees were going to come in time. They did. And they all came dead <laughs> because it it defeats the purpose. Yes. They were shipped from North Carolina, actually, across the country to here in Seattle. And it was really, really hot on the East Coast. So I just, you know, they're such sensitive creatures. And yeah, that was devastating. And like, Two or three of them were kind of limping along, but I knew they weren't going to make it until the Zoom. And it was just horrible. And I was devastated. And I was like, why? Why? After all of this, why? And then I was talking to a friend of mine in Heel Hive, and she was just like, you just need to go out and find a bee. <laughs> They're not hard to find. Like just Google a good picture and just find them like on a flower in the garden or something. I was like, what? That is nuts. And then I was like, all right, maybe this is just the push I need to really rely on myself and rely on nature and go hundred percent into this. Like if I'm going to do it, I got to do it like, <laughs> in the most truest form. Um, and I found bees, like it was in the summer. So it was great. Yeah. I realized how they're kind of everywhere <laughs> in the summer and I caught my own bee. And I mean, honestly, if <laughs> BBT isn't crazy enough to begin with and just out there catching your own bee to sting yourself <laughs> is like another level, but it was super empowering. Like, I'm not relying on a doctor. I'm not relying on insurance or the pharmaceutical industry. Like I am relying on nature and medicine that has been around for thousands of years. Like BVT, I mean, has been used by like the ancient Greeks, like ancient Chinese medicine, like worldwide for thousands of years. So it's kind of not as crazy as it sounds nowadays. <laughs> so yeah, it was really like a beautiful thing that came out of just so much anxiety and strife at the time. <laughs> and then I ended up just catching my bees the whole summer because I was like, why would I put these bees through this horrible, torturous trek out here if I can just get them here? And be completely self-sufficient and save a book yeah. <laughs> and teach myself how to do this like wholeheartedly. So it actually was a blessing in disguise as most horrible experiences <laughs> are. It's like something, a learning experience came out of it. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I love that story. <laughs> It is entertaining, I guess, after all of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so you're still singing. Yes. Yes. And so far, how is it treating you? You know, every day is different. It's crazy. Like the first day I stung, actually, which the first day you start is like a, a, a pretty long sting and pretty intense. That that day was like my biggest reaction to it being introduced to my body. And I got like super emotional and fatigued and it just was a whole thing. It was really intense. I mean, it's like very powerful medicine coursing through the body. But then the day after I felt amazing. Like I did the most steps I've ever done. Like it was crazy. So I was like, all right, this is, <laughs> we're on the right path. 
but then, yeah, I mean, each day is different. Some days it's like really, really energizing and feels great. It's like a pick me up. It helps my brain fog. I feel like a little clear, a little pep in my step. And then some days it's like, oh my gosh, it just takes it out of me and hits me like a truck. So it really goes back and forth, but it, you know, it's exciting being on the path of actually treating the illness at this point and not just doing things to kind of curb the symptoms. So it, yeah, it feels like I'm going in the right direction. I think I'm kind of in the early, early stages of feeling the, the huge progress that I know a lot of other people are like, I'm watching people just get their lives back so quickly with stinging and, and doing things that they haven't done in years. And, you know, having a lot of symptoms just completely kicked out of their body. And I'm excited for that. That's, that's really encouraging. But yeah, yeah still in the beginning phases, but it's going well. Well, I think it's encouraging to hear that you've gone from having like okay days and terrible days to having like actually good days. Yes. Well now. Yes. yes. I remember you never really had like good days. You know, (laughs) you always had the okay days or it just sucked. Functional days. Yeah. Yeah. And so seeing that you and hearing that you have like good days now is, is a huge step. Yeah. I think that's incredible. And so how long do you have to sting for? How long is this process and how often do you have to do it? So stinging is three days a week, every other day. And that will go, I mean, it varies depending on how, you know, long people have dealt with Lyme and how uh, bad you know, it's infiltrated the body and stuff like that. So it's like two to three years. Some people can do it in one year, but that sounds nuts. (laughs) And, you know, stinging is no joke, but it's manageable. Like, I mean, some people are on antibiotics for years and some people have like a pick line in their chest with antibiotics forcing in for years like treatment for Lyme is going to be years no matter what and I mean I've heard of people treating for like 10 years with no success so really I think yeah it's going to be intense for a couple years and then it'll be done (laughs) yeah and so do you kind of know like what you're looking for in order I mean like I guess, do you know kind of what you're looking for in your body to kind of tell you when, when you're done with the process? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of symptoms, all of the symptoms probably will go away. Even some autoimmune issues will go away. Autoimmune diseases, like it actually knocks out, you know, everything you heal. And then, I mean, not everything, (laughs) but a majority of things that come with Lyme that are caused by Lyme and inflammation and infection. And then people test negative for Lyme at the end of this. Wow. So you sorry, I I keep interrupting you. I'm just excited for you. (laughs) So essentially like you'll stop having bad days is when you'll know that you can stop stinging. Yeah. I mean, people 
actually kind of get their lives back within months of singing. Like, yeah, people, I mean, start like rollerblading and going on road trips and doing things that they haven't done in like 10 years within a few months of stinging. Like I'm, I'm seeing it. Yeah. (laughs) My community, it's crazy. And like Facebook groups and everybody talking about it. Like I've never felt this good in like the past 10 years. It's nuts. And I'm only like six months in. So I think probably within, I mean, to be generous, probably within the first year, I hope to have a lot of symptoms go away and then just keep healing until all my blood work is coming back, telling me what I need and what I don't need. Yeah. Well, I, I know we've talked about it, but I want to put it out here on the podcast too, that I would love to have you come back on when you're completely done. Yes. So that you can just walk us through how, however long it is that you have to sing for and kind of just talk to us about that process. And yes, I'd love love to talk to you on the other side of it. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I can't wait to be on the other side of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm so excited to get there and yeah, share. I think it'll be so interesting this whole process and, and what I experience as time goes on. And hopefully it's just, things getting better and better. Yeah. I mean, it already sounds like it's making a difference and it already sounds like it's, it sounds like you're on your way already. Yes. 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 It's going to be a long journey of ups and downs, but I'm very hopeful and know that this is what's right for me and going to do it. Yeah. And I mean, health is different for everybody, you know, just because this was, right for your journey doesn't mean it's right for everyone, but for sure. Yeah. Everyone has their own individual path. And I think this one was yours. And I have to say, I'm surprised you don't just have like a total beehive going on in your backyard at this point. (laughs) I I want to, I'm getting there. Um, I'm expecting you to be a beekeeper by the end of this. (laughs) I would love to, honestly, I, I actually, I'm working with a beekeeper locally now to source my bees. Oh, cool. Because I'm going, I mean, it's rainy and cold and awful here. So they're not around. So also through that fiasco of uh, needing a bee for my testing, I got in contact with him, which was another blessing that came out of that. And he's great. And I hope to kind of study under him too. And yeah, I mean, as with a lot of people that go down this road, like, getting to know bees and getting so attached to them and they're just amazing little healers and like very meditative to be around so yeah more bees the better (laughs) (laughs) that's really cool that you're working with someone locally for that now yeah yeah I don't want to order them and put them through that and it just doesn't make sense and if I can support beekeepers here and yeah yeah why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Support the local area a little bit more. I mean, yeah. Seattle has tons of bees anyways. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like we're doing good over here. From what I remember, our yard always had a ton of bees when we lived there. So awesome. I know now I notice them everywhere now that I've yeah. been in situations, you know, where I'm scrambling and looking, I'm like, okay, they like these flowers. This is where <laughs> I can find them. I'm the crazy bee lady. 
but yeah, they're, they're doing good over here. Hopefully that continues. Yeah. Well, I think we covered everything that I kind of knew about. Was there anything that we missed that you wanted to talk about? Oh gosh. I don't know. Maybe on the next one, we'll hit <laughs> <Maybe> extra. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you for coming on. If we think of anything in hindsight, feel free to send it to me. I can always do a social media post with an update. <laughs> oh, awesome. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Body Talk with Bex. I hope you enjoyed it and also learned something. Please leave a review if you enjoyed the episode and hit the subscribe button wherever it is you're listening to this podcast at. If you have any questions for me, please feel free to send them to me. I will be stockpiling questions, of course, for any more Ask Me Anything episodes. If you want to further support this podcast, please join me on Patreon. There are some new tier features coming out at the end of this month, so stay tuned. Lastly, if you would like to share your story or know someone who would, I can be contacted through my website, www.bodytalkwithbex.com, or on social media. Thank you so much for listening.